Welcome to the Active Faith Podcast, where faith meets an active lifestyle. My name is Andrew Ware. I am your host, and I am the Runnin' Rev. This is not just any other podcast about an active lifestyle, but join us as we unpack the why behind our activity and how we connect it with our faith. I am having conversations and exploring the journeys of others to help us build a theology of self-care, exploring how we care for ourselves by being active persons in whatever way feels best for us as we seek to live out our faith. Welcome to episode five. This week, we have Evan Taylor joining us. Evan works at a church in Virginia Beach, and he joins us today for an amazing conversation about community. You know, I've been following Evan's journey, as I have with most of our guests, for some time now, and have just seen him grow and blossom in his physical activity. And to see the things that he does on a bike, and to see the way that he enjoys his time there. And so we are going to talk about community today, and surrounding ourselves with community. As we come off the heels of this conversation that we had last week with Glenn Riggs and what it meant for him as he finds time in his schedule to engage with community and that motivation and that support that he gets from community. And so today we join and hear Evan's story as he has grown his active lifestyle with community. So let's dive into this conversation and hear from Evan. All right, so welcome in today. We've got uh, Evan Taylor with us. Evan is a good friend of mine uh, from from back in my high school days, and I was so anxious to get him on. So let's dive into our episode today. Evan, who are you and where do you call home? Um, I am Evan, and uh, I am a the creative arts guy uh, at Forefront Church here in Virginia Beach, um, and I've spent most of my life here in uh, the Hampton Roads, Virginia Beach area. I think you did spend some time up in Nova for a little while as well. Richmond and Northern Virginia. Yeah. It's yeah. You've been years. all over the, all over the state, just like me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so here on the active faith podcast, we love to hear from our guests as we unpack the ways in which we are active. So how are you active? What do you do for your physical activity? So uh, I have spent a bunch of time recently cycling, so that has been my major sport, um, but I run a little bit here and there, too. So now no one can accuse me of this being only a running podcast. <laughs> we finally have a cyclist on here. And let me say, Evan dropped some serious mileage on that bike. Uh, if y'all have, if y'all are on Strava, you should go find Evan and just see some of the, the, the stuff that he's done. So Evan, uh, we, we always love to hear from our folks and just love to unpack in general as we are building a theology of self-care. You know, we hear that you love to bike. We hear that you love to run, to be active in that way. Uh, so so what? why are you active? Like when, when stuff gets rough and all that, like why are you active? So I, for my entire life, have kind of struggled with um, uh, mental health, struggled with uh, uh, maintaining a healthy lifestyle, gained weight, lost weight, uh, throughout my entire, the entirety of my life, I've struggled with that and, and eating and nutrition and doing that well and correctly. And so when the pandemic, uh, hit, I realized that, um, right at the beginning, I mean, I, I had to do something I've got to get out. I've got to find a way. And so I started cycling solo again. And, um, and so the why for me, 
um, is not only for my own health, but um, uh, because that helps me be a better husband, a better father, um, and better at my job when I um, am trying to to maintain this more healthy lifestyle. So, um, and I really love to challenge myself. I think that that is like the one of the biggest things on the bike um, is because uh, I put up some some like you mentioned some some bigger rides this year that I had never in my mind, uh, wildest dreams thought I could ride 200 miles in a day. Right. Like that, mm-hmm. that, that was, it, that was so foreign to me to think that that, that was possible. And that was something that I got to accomplish in October. And, um, so I love the ability to, to push, um, myself as far as I can go, um, and, and, and kind of, uh, get to, cause when you're at your limit, there, there is a different, um, uh, like when you're praying, when I'm praying on a bike, when I, when I'm thinking my relationship with God, when I'm at my limit, there, the prayer is a little different. Like that there's like this huge, like this thankfulness thing that comes in and it's, uh, so yeah, the, 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 why is, is being able to be healthy, but also just to see how far I can push myself, um, physically. And I think a lot of our listeners probably can relate to that understanding of activity as a form of mental health, something that becomes almost therapeutic for us as we seek to care for not only our bodies, but for our minds. And again, no matter where we are in life, you know, you've you you heard from Evan at at the top just a couple of minutes ago about, you know, he he isn't a pastor at a church. He definitely, he works in church and he helps design things at church and he uh, lives in that church, in that church life, but also as a nature of, you know, you don't just have to be a pastor to have a busy life. Right. Um, and Evan, Evan is a, like you say, is a husband, he's a father, he has a job and a vocation. And so attaching that manner of activity to mental health really helps us to be, to coordinate and understand the rest of our life. And I think when our mental health is in a good place, not only is our physical activity in a good place, but it can also lead into that understanding of the rest of the things that are going on in in our life being in a good place as well. And, And Evan, one of the things that I've noticed about you is that you do a lot of stuff with other people. You, you hardly are ever out there. You know, you talked about starting on the bike alone. You started, you talk about starting on this journey alone, but, but anytime that I see you, anytime that you're doing um, a cycling, like a big, a big cycling, like dropping some, some major miles, whether it's a century or a double century, or you're doing one of those duathlons or, or even sometimes when you're running, you're always doing it with other people. And I wanted to invite you on to kind of talk about and unpack that a little bit, uh, because I think uh, what people will hear in, in, in the episode from last week where we're talking with Glenn, and Evan and I are, are recording this before this episode with Glenn comes out, but Glenn talks about this nature in which when, uh, when exercise feels difficult or when our lives are busy, that community can really play a role in helping us to make sure that our journey, our active journey is an embedded part of our life. And so Evan, when, when you're thinking about how you're getting active, what role does community, those around you, whether they're active with you or they're, or they're around you in life, what role does community play in that journey? It's, it's huge. It's because uh, um, some of these bigger rides of getting out at four o'clock in the morning in temperatures like now that are at 30 degrees and there's no way that I would get out on a bike and do uh, that. So it's accountability and it's encouragement when we're on these group rides. Um, 
uh, I have a couple of friends uh, in, in particular, Nick and Peter, and, and they, um, Peter is one who will push me. Um, he sees when we're in the group ride and we're in a sprint section and that I am not maybe giving my all. He is one who will scream from behind me to keep pushing or to get back on and uh, um, to, to not fall off the back. And, and so like the accountability and the push is, is awesome um, because I, chances are I wouldn't get up that early if I didn't have to meet someone or didn't have to meet this group to be out there. Um, and I, I find a lot of similarities when you are, we talk about in the cycling community and I'm sure in the run community um, about uh, suffering. And um, you, when you're in this cycling group, you are not suffering alone. When you are working hard, you are suffering together. And I think there's a beautiful analogy to life when, when we surround ourselves with people who care about us, who love Jesus, who um, have a solid uh, um, theological foundation, like we are better when life gets hard we can lean in that into that community and we ha- we're surrounded by that and it makes it a little easier it doesn't make it like easy but life is easier when we are in community and so um so for me it's it's just it's huge I, I i am pushed i am encouraged by them when when i'm feeling down and struggling and not feeling like i have put in my best or can't put in more um to have somebody there to 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 kind of pick up the pieces to, to carry you home essentially to, mm-hmm. to be on their back wheel um, is, is so incredible. And the friendships that I have gotten to build, I working in the church world, I, I think um, most of us know that it's sometimes it's hard to make friends. Sometimes, it, you know, being, being in ministry is a lonely place to be. And um, I love that in this particular community that they're, um, you know, we don't talk a ton about what our job is, you know, what, what we do, what our vocations are. We're just, we're just there together. And for these moments, we are just cycling and, and encouraging and supporting each other. And I love that there's beauty in that. Um, and then the relationships that I've gotten to get deeper with, with some of the, the, the friends people I now call friends who I just, you know, began cycling with over the last year um, has just, has been incredible and encouraging. And um, to see God move in that has been really, really cool. And I think there can be this uh, conflation that at, at, at any point in time in our lives that our vocation becomes our life. And when we forget that the, we should have a life outside of vocation, outside of our jobs, outside of our churches, we can lose that sense. You know, I can definitely think in my life as a pastor, in eight years of pastoring, this is the first time that I feel like I've actually had friends that are outside of the church. Uh, And whether I identify that as, um, you know, clergy friends that I've had in the past or, you know, even how difficult it is maybe to form relationships in our vocation, especially for those of us who work in the church, you know, as a pastor, it's a really sticky scenario to like make friends with the people at your church, especially because you might not always be there. Um, You know, uh, Evan serves at a non-denominational church, correct? In Virginia Beach. In the Methodist church, you know, we get moved around a lot. And so we could be someplace for four or five years. We could be someplace for 10, 11 years, but at some point in time, we're going to move. And so uh, we do our best, especially in any vocation of finding people outside of sort of work life that can help to support us on this journey. Um, And even as I've looked at it, you know, Evan, you talk about the last year, I think about, especially for me, you know, the last six months since I've started my run group down here in Driver. Uh, the relationships and friendships that I have formed just in that short period of time, when we do 
open ourselves up to creating community that exists in activity and around activity, the people who may just naturally flock to us. And then the encouragement that we get from that. Uh, and I want to, uh, if I can for a minute, I want to focus on that 200 mile ride that you did. I think it was, it was back at the beginning of October, correct? Yep. I think October 5th or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I just remember you talking on Instagram and, and everything about the lead up to it. And you were wanting to do the, the, the double century. And for those of you who uh, are outside of the cycling or don't have any experience in the cycling world, you know, the hundred mile bike ride, the century bike ride is, is really, that's kind of like the marathon of bike riding. Like if you're going to attach it to it, for those of you who've been following this or know the running world, you know, that marathon 26.2 for runners, that's like the big dog. When Evan drops 200, that that's an ultra. Evan's dropping like 100K in terms of a running race, and it really is that. And so what is your what is your mindset going into it? What is the mindset of that community? I believe there were four of you that did it together. Um, what's the mindset of that community going into something that is as tough a challenge as a 200-mile bike ride? Well, I will tell you, I did not sleep well for an entire month leading up to that because I had no idea. It was my it was my first uh, you know opportunity to do something huge like this, and um, there were two of us who had never done this, never done it before, with two folks who had done it a, a few times. And it was a ride from we started in Virginia Beach in the the Pongo area of Virginia Beach and went all the way down to Edenton, North Carolina, and back. And um, it uh, like it, I. I think I had to trust the people that I was with that, that community that, that they were going, the things that they were telling me, the things that they were encouraging me to do as we were riding, like, Hey, you know, eating, um, never going into the red when you're pushing on the bike, we, we kind of set a goal that like 20 miles an hour was going to be our max. And so we, I think we averaged for 10 and a half hours, um, somewhere a little over 18, 18 and a half, maybe, um, miles per hour. And, but we just wanted to get it done. It wasn't necessarily about the speed. We just wanted to, to get it done. So, um, I, it, I, I think there was moments of sheer terror and can I really do this? Is this something that's actually going to happen? Um, and, uh, less confidence. Uh, but, but like, um, anytime I get on the bike, I'm praying, even if it's simply like, God, please don't let me get hit by a car because we all know that there is <laughs> a, a big one. You know, that, yes, exactly. <laughs> or let me, don't let me, don't let me lose because when you're following everybody in a pace line, you're within, you know, a foot and a half, two feet of the wheel in front of you. And if you touch the front wheel of, or the back wheel of somebody in front of you, you're the one who's going down. And so like, it's just staying mentally focused on what's, what's uh, in front of you. So staying in the moment. And that's, that's one of the things I think I talked to myself about was that there was no way I was finishing that bike ride any faster than what I was able to finish. And so to just be in the pain of 140 miles and, you know, it's been a long day and, and, and you can feel it in the legs, you can feel it in your body, reminding myself that this is where I am, that God is present with me right here. And there's beauty in this moment. And to just be okay, being right where I was, was a great um, lesson for me as a guy who wants to think ahead, who's always wanting to plan ahead, wants to have a plan for this. Or, and, and, and I couldn't, I, I, this, is, this was the moment, this was what I've been given. And so there was a, um, uh, mentally, there was a huge uh, um, encouragement for me to, to, to carry that into my own everyday life of this is where I am. I'm sitting uh, in my, my bedroom right now talking to you. And that, that is like uh, just learning to be there um, in, a, in a world that wants us to kind of think, always think ahead or, or think about what we, I, I just really appreciated 
that um, opportunity for that. And that, that ride was, it just was incredible. And, um, and I'm thankful for those, those folks who went with us and all of the honey buns and rice crispy treats that I got to eat along the way, that ride was powered like solely on stuff like that. Cause obviously when you're riding, like you just, you got to eat, I'm sure, you yeah. know, I've never done a marathon, but I'm sure there's lots of nutrition stuff that, that comes into mm-hmm. play and making sure you're, you're hydrating. And so I had got my system down and then it was honey buns and rice crispy treats and anything that would not hurt my stomach. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll probably be getting a nutritionist on this podcast sometime soon. That just, it becomes Excellent. such a vital part. Like if you're going to engage in an active lifestyle, you know, whether it is you're just running a mile, running a 5k or you're biking 200 miles, you know, nutrition and the before after enduring really becomes a part of it. Uh, so had you guys been training together before this 200 mile race or you just kind of met up and were getting together and doing this stuff? So we knew each other from different ride groups that we had been a part of. And um, it was just kind of thrown out there like, hey, the, the Alex, who is one of the guys who had done it multiple times, he, he did it solo, which is crazy um, to me. He did it solo and he's done it in, in a couple of different groups. And um, he just kind of offered it to us. And um, for whatever reason, like, I, I don't know if it was um, uh, my like stupidity or just like uh, a sense of adventure said, yeah, let's do it. Uh, so there was no real training plan. Like I, I think I had, I knew that I was in pretty good shape leading up to it because I had done a few century rides and all the research I had found said that you, you didn't necessarily need to get, get beyond a hundred miles. Um, once you've got that base that you can build into it, it's just, you know, the importance of making sure that you don't get into the red, that you, you don't push your body um, on the 200. So, so, uh, we didn't really do much training together other than our normal, you know, every week training rides that we were, um, we were a part of. But there was that sense of community that had been built up before. And so one of the things that I heard you mention, and one of the things that I want to point out to our listeners about community is that nature of trust that exists within our community. And that's not something that is always, easily built, especially in our contemporary society. But I definitely think when it comes to forming community, especially forming community around activity, there's that nature in which there needs to be that trust factor. And so when we're forming communities and we're doing these big, great, awesome things in our active lifestyles, it comes down to that nature of, okay, who do I trust? And so I think as you heard from, from Glenn last week, and, and as you hear from Evan now, there are, and you've probably heard this before, but the circles of trust, right? We have those people who are real right there close to us who we trust, right? Our friends and our family. And I think that there's also this nature of sort of these active lifestyle circles of trust where there are certain people who we may trust or put our trust in, in these situations to help us get over that line. And so you know, what was it like in the, at mile 150 and, and you still have 50 miles to go and you've got to trust this, this group of folks around you who are trying to get you to the finish. You know, I mean, I'm not sure you were the only one who was struggling in that time. Y'all are trying to take in calories. Y'all are trying to take in sugars. Y'all are trying to take things in and y'all are trying to get, you know, those last 50 miles done. I mean, what did that look like for you all? Like how, I mean, how big was that trust factor to get you to the finish? So I will say that um, one of the things that I have learned when it comes to, uh, I, I, I promise this story relates to cycling, but like with social media, 
is uh, I want to be uh, someone who not just sits back and kind of whines about the state of the you know of what's going on, but someone who uh, who who encourages someone who who pushes towards making that environment something better, right? So what what it should be, and 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 to be encouraging and to be a person that's trustworthy there. So um, instead of kind of um, framing it with like, where, how do I trust them? I approached it with, I wanted to be a person that they could trust. I wanted to make sure that I did everything that I needed to do so that they could trust me. So that I was encouraging them so that I um, was working towards serving them. Cause on a team, I mean, like, you know, when when you're running together and just the quick kind word or the quick, like, Hey, you're doing a great job. Hey, like, what do you need? How can I help you? Those things are huge. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, even, even if in the moment we don't realize it. And so that more than just like thinking about how or worrying about how I, whether or not, or I could trust them or how I should trust them. I wanted to be someone that they could trust and that they could rely on. And, um, so most of my time was spent in that. And I think that that relationship was built, like you saw them, I I could, I could begin to trust them because they could trust me. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be a good teammate, a good friend in those moments on, on rides like that. And even on our training rides, some of these rides where we are uh, like our Tuesday, Thursday group, we're pushing and averaging like 26 to 28 miles an hour on a road bike at five o'clock in the morning when it's pitch black on, you know, on these roads in a group of 20, uh, you've got to trust that those folks are going to signal when they need to, that they're going to point out, you know, potholes, they're going to point out things. Um, They're going to communicate when they're turning, they're going to communicate if there's a car coming, all of those things. And, And you you learn that there are people you can trust and, and then, and then there are people you can't. So you sit back a little farther and don't follow um, on their wheel. Um, but trust, especially in the cycling community, it matters, like it matters so much. And, um, and, and being able to figure out who you can trust is important. But I think most of all, being a person other people can trust is uh, what will take you a lot farther um, in, in these communities. And then the other thing that that really stands out is that matter of support and encouragement, right? You know, not only do we trust and and offer our own trust and then trust the community that's around us to kind of care for us in this moment, but there's that sense of of support and cheer. And um, especially when we're doing group group activities together, you know, I can think about our run group and the way in which we run together. And as we're running together, we're we're giving each other support. We're giving each other cheer. But even then, so like in, in the active Methodist group on Facebook, where someone posts something online and, you know, it's as simple as just liking the post or saying good job or, or great job. And I think, Evan, you even were doing some of the uh, running challenges through America and Europe with us and just the support that we had in WhatsApp and Discord of just cheering one another on. Uh, so, so what is, I mean, how much does something like that lift you up? A ton. I mean, it, yeah. it, it is the difference in hard rides or hard runs in finishing them as strong as I want to or finishing them at, them at all. It is so much easier when you don't have that encouragement to, um, to bail out on a, on, a, on a workout or to bail out on a ride that you wanted to go further on. But having that encouragement is the difference between being a better athlete or not. And, and also where your headspace is like to, when you, when people are giving you encouragement, whether you feel like it's deserved or not, um, it feels good. I mean, and, and, and I, I think that's important. And, and if, and if words in a Facebook group or 
likes um, on Strava and comments on Strava are um, are things that are going to encourage me. Like I want to do that to, for other folks as well and, and let them know. Cause we, it's so hard in uh, when you're living an active lifestyle to, to just be content with what you are able to do in that mm-hmm. moment. Right. And, and so um, being able to encourage folks, cause I'll have lots of people like, Oh, I could never do that. Or I could never, well, yeah, I was, I was, you know, last, you know, when the pandemic started July, uh, you know, for me, when I picked up the bike, July of 2020, I weighed 240 pounds. I was not healthy. I was out of shape. And then, you know, I, I just, I worked hard. And if, if I had compared myself to someone like you or to, to some of some athletes who were, who were like crushing it on the bike at that moment, I would have never gotten to the point where I would have given up. And, and so the encouragement from folks who are willing to help me along that journey, willing, willing to encourage me and say, Hey, um, you'll get there. It, you know, not right now. Let, let, let's keep pushing. Let's keep trying. You'll eventually get there. It was huge in, in my journey of, of, of getting in shape and, and, and being a cyclist and, um, and like being an athlete, I don't, I don't, I struggle to say that I'm that, but, but I, I think we all are athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're a part of these groups, like we, we are athletes on some level. And so it's, it's just, it's really cool to be encouraging and really, really helpful. Even if it is, like you said, just as simple as saying, Hey, yeah, me too. Or, Hey, great job. Or, you know, yep, yeah, that's, that's tough. You, you, you're going to get there eventually. It's, it's awesome. And I can't tell you the community that I've built just in general on Strava when I'm out and about, whether I'm, you know, interacting with the community down here that I've that I've kind of formed around myself in Suffolk or the community that I formed around myself in Richmond is, you know, when I meet people in person, they're like, you always are like giving me kudos on Strava. And I'm like, yeah, because I just literally scroll my Strava feed and kudo every activity because I just want to tell you that you are doing a great job. And that's something that I that that I, I think we all have to remind ourselves of and something that's become a little bit of a theme here on active faith is that nature of like when does support and cheer become comparing ourselves to others, right? And we want to we want to try and prevent that from happening because you're so right, like I, it, it, it took me forever to get in that mindset of, okay, like either I'm not as fast as I used to be, or I'm not as fast as those people, but it's okay because I'm doing what I can do. And oftentimes, and like you'll hear in, in, and like you all heard in the episode with Glenn is that, you know, when Glenn and I run together, if y'all look at my activities, I'm in like the eight thirties, nine minutes on easy runs. And like, that's my pace. But when I'm running with Glenn, like I'm running his easy pace, like 10, 10 30. He knows it's, he knows it's super easy for me. He knows that my heart rate's not clipping out of the, the, the blue zone, the, the zone two, but it's that nature of I'm being supportive of him and we're supporting one another in our journey together. And there's that way in which that sort of encouragement helps to foster that active lifestyle in other people like right it's not a competition but it's this nature of we are active together yeah we're active in different ways i mean um you know a little bit of something you know we asked evan to do one, another one of the run journeys with us i can't remember if it was the america or the europe one he's like man right now i just i really want to focus on cycling and I, I i can't remember if i said it or i thought i hope i said it because if i didn't i feel bad but i'm like dude go for it like go for it, like hit all of those goals because 
it's, it's about that being, it's about that active lifestyle. And so I encourage y'all to like find those communities that really offer that support and encouragement in it and what that means. Cause that's going to help to build it. Yeah. I think that there we've heard comparison is the, the thief of joy or, or, well, yeah. and it's also comparison is also the thief of accomplishment. You know, it, it is, yeah, it is okay to feel accomplished when you run a, uh, you know, uh, 11 minute mile for four miles. And that's like, you know, that, that, that's okay. Like if you, if that is where you're at, then that is an accomplishment that you should feel proud in. But I think that the hard part is like for, uh, I am, I've always been a competitive guy. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, from board games to like it, I've, I have ruined many friendships over like stupid, like mad gab games or things like that, because I am way too competitive. But there is this, like, it, it is reigning in your comp- your competitiveness, letting it push you because I want to be like, I see, I'll see your times on running on Strava. I'm like, oh, I want to be that. I want to, I want to get that. I want to beat that. But it's not, I'm not letting it eat at me. I'm not letting it like this, like, like, uh, you know, mentally say, oh, you aren't, you're not as good. You, I'm uh, just not as fast. Like, but, but, but I, the work I'm putting in still matters. The, the me trying to push, uh, is making me healthier. It's, you know, like we talked about the, the front end, the mental health, better at my job, better at being a husband, being a better um, uh, parent. And so, so finding the balance between letting competitive, your competitive nature push yourself to your limits, but also recognizing that like your identity or your, um, you know, your sense of accomplishment doesn't come with how it compares to each other, how it comes in. So, so like we're talking about community and, and finding that balance in community because there's many cyclists who are, who are better than me, many cyclists who are doing much cooler things than I am. So allowing that to fuel my desire to be better, but not letting it take away from the things that I'm doing. Cause I think if you feel if you like, uh, maybe it was a post, something that you shared here recently, but if you, if you feel bad while you're doing it, then don't do it. Like running should be fun. Like cycling should be fun. And when those, when those things are not fun, then maybe it's time to take a break. Maybe it's time to switch it up. Don't stop being active. Don't stop getting into something, but maybe it's time to switch it up. Um, because that's a not healthy place to be. Well, and community can help us with that. I can think of so many runs where I just bonk out early. Like I go out and I'm like, all right, I'm going to run five. And I come back and I've done like two. And I still will like put it out in the community and say, hey, I I, I ran two miles. Like it felt awful. It was, but, and then the support that I get like, oh man, you got out and you ran two miles. Like great job. Like I know it wasn't your day, but you got out there and you did it. And and maybe tomorrow it's something different. Like maybe tomorrow it, it, you know, maybe it changes my focus on running uh, and, and how I do it. And, and it's that mindset that that community can help us to build. You know, I remember, I, you know, as a runner, the Boston Marathon is like the goal, right? I mean, the Boston Marathon would be amazing to run, but Boston has like these such strict time requirements. As a, as a 32-year-old male, in order to qualify for the Boston Marathon, I have to run a sub three-hour marathon. Um, and a little insight, the only marathon I've ever run was actually closer to six hours. And, and I just always remember comparing my training as I wanted to run another marathon to that Boston qualifier. Like I told myself, I'm like, I just, I I need to make advances to that Boston qualifier. And, and it wasn't until one, I gave up on that marathon dream and just said, all right, you know what? I'm, I probably won't qualify for Boston, 
But it was also then in that moment, the community that surrounded me in that time, my Richmond running community that came around me and said, okay, you might not qualify for Boston, but Andrew, you're like a really good half marathoner. And like that gave me the confidence to like go after the half marathon again and to really do what I'm doing right now in my running journey, which is, you know, as y'all heard in the first episode is like, I have no ambition to go after a marathon again. I may run one again. You know, I have no idea, but I'm enjoying the half marathon so much because it's what I'm good at. And it's, and it's where I find joy in running. And just like Evan, you know, Evan's found this joy in cycling and, and dropping these crazy centuries. I mean, how many centuries have you done so far? (laughs) So not, so this year, I think it's four, four and then the double. So it's not that, I mean, that, that there, but there are other folks out there, like, again, comparing there are other folks in like, in the groups who are are in like maybe the double digits at this point. Oh yeah. And so, (laughs) so it's, uh, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's fun. And, and, and so in that, it's like, you know, find something that you're good at and find something that you love. And instead of comparing yourself to either who you want to, like who you think yeah. you should be, I'll say not who yeah. you want to be. Cause I think that kind of goals and that co- goes in that conversation of goals. We had that with Alex a couple of weeks ago. I think there's no problem with making yourself better, but I think that there can be a problem with trying to push yourself too much that it no longer becomes enjoyable. And I think that community and the support and the cheer and the accountability that we get from community can help keep us in that space of like when we're having a bad day or we just don't feel it or we're not progressing or we're not doing things the way that we think we should do it. Then the community comes in like I just think about those conversations that that guy offered and said, hey, I'm opening up a 200, a 200 mile you know, bike ride. And you're just like, I'm crazy enough to do it. And then I think to myself, I'm like, well, what if he, what if he had come up to you and said, Evan, I don't, I don't think you're quite there, but I I have a feeling that that wasn't the conversation. I have a feeling the conversation was like, Hey man, come on. Like, we're going to be here for you. We're going to support you. If you think this is something that you can do, and this is something that you're passionate about, you know, let's come on this journey. I'm sure if you got to a point in that journey and it was like, I just don't think I can do it. And it really becomes like a realized thing. And it becomes a conversation, but I love the support that you got on the front end of saying like, dude, let's go, let's drop this. Let's, let's, you know, let's eat all the honey buns and, and rice krispies we can while knocking this thing out. Uh, and, and I just think about the way that that supports us on our journey and just the crucialness that community plays in, in that role. And so, um, you know, we've talked a little bit and, and you've kind of hinted a little bit about that, but, but for our listeners, maybe, maybe both of us can kind of jump in and answer this question a little bit. Um, and, and, and as I always say, you know, we aren't experts at some point in time, we'll have some experts and some subjects come on here, but I definitely think that we can offer stories of our own experience that help to give other people insight into how to do this. So, so what are some places that you find community? Like, how do you find an active community that helps to support you? Um, making friends. I mean, I, that, that is how this started for me and the different groups, um, different rides that I'm connected with and different friends. It's just, it was just making one friend and then being connected to another friend and being introduced to that friend and, and this group and, um, and being invited in. And, um, and I think that sometimes is the, the biggest thing that we can do is no matter, you know, where we're at, um, to, to invite people in to community, being willing 
to say, Hey, I don't know you, but I would love to get to know you on a run or we could spend time talking with you on a bike and getting to know you and having you as a part of, of this group, but it's being willing to be open enough to, to invite people in. And, and I, you know, when I was not in great shape, I had a group of five cyclists who, um, I knew one of them from church and he was willing to, um, to say, Hey, come on, you, you know, we'll, we'll slow the pace down for you. Um, until you get on, until you can make sure, you know, until you can hang with us at this higher pace. And that, that was a huge difference. It was simple. It was small, but it was an act of kindness in that moment that I needed that had he not done that, I don't know that I could say today that I would have accomplished all the things that I've been able to accomplish. And, and so the beauty and the small act of just being, including someone, um, is awesome. And, and, um, and, and it, and it goes farther than we could, we could ever imagine mm-hmm. both in faith and in active, our active lifestyles on, on, on the bike. Yeah. And I mean, it carries over into, into our life of faith. When we think about how we engage in our faith life, you know, faith is nothing without community. God created us to be in community with one another. Uh, I mean, that's why one of the, the two commandments that Jesus teaches is to love your neighbor as yourself. And, like we talk about here on the Active Faith Podcast, you know, we, we can't know how to love our neighbor unless we truly do love ourselves. And I think that becomes a, a vital aspect of what we're doing. And when we think about community, you know, I know, especially for me, I am extroverted enough where I'm willing to just go out and where there's nothing I just created. I'm also, uh, so here's our, uh, we are, we're about 35 minutes into this podcast before I mentioned the Enneagram. So, um, and just being an Enneagram three, I just get out there and I create when there's, when there's nothing there, but even for those of you who may be a little bit more introverted, I mean, it's, it, it really is about finding that group of people who do things, you know, the same thing you do and whether it's online or offline, whether it's, you know, in person or virtually, you know, again, another plug for our active Methodist group, whether you're a, a Methodist, I mean, Evan's not a Methodist and he's in it and he's enjoying it. I see him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he, he's worked in Methodist churches and he grew up in a Methodist church. Um, but, but yeah. And, and I mean, you know, finding that space and just finding people and connecting with them. And it's those connections that help to lead us as we go along in this active lifestyle that continues to build that space around us. And I think that there's space in that no matter who you are, no matter, you know, what plays into how you do things that we, we go out and we find community. Um, I know, I mean, Facebook can be a great thing for this. You know, I know when I moved down here to Suffolk, I just started Facebooking, you know, running groups in Hampton Roads. Um, and I found, you know, a handful of running groups. Unfortunately, none of them were on my side of the tunnel, which just made life a little bit more difficult. I keep inviting Evan out to our running group. And he's just like, man, that tunnel, it's a kill. And I said, no problem. I understand that tunnel <laughs> is a killer experience. Uh, for us down here in Hampton Roads, those tunnels become sort of markers for where we'll travel. Um, and but really surrounding yourself in that sense, because even though like Evan and I won't be running together, we still know that we support each other. So like when Evan puts puts down a, you know, 40, 50 mile ride with with his friends on a Tuesday or Thursday morning, you know, I'm sure he knows right away that oh, Andrew's going to kudos this later on in the day when when he finally makes it on Strava. And he's relaxing on his couch, but it, it's, it's that sense of community that builds up around us and really forming ourselves. And so 
what are you involved in? Like, you know, can you find groups on Facebook? Can you find groups in, in sure. the apps that you use? Can you find groups in real life that can help to support you? Yeah. So, um, you can always reach out if, uh, if, if you're in the Hampton Roads area, if you are around in the Virginia area, I can, I can get you connected, but the bike shops that are close by are the ones that, that usually, you know, are doing rides in Conti's and the Trek bike shop here in Virginia beach. I would highly recommend, um, reaching out to them or jumping into one of their Saturday morning rides as a starting point. And then from there, you can find different folks who do different rides during the week that probably match your timing better um, and people you just, you know, connect with well better. Um, and I love that there's, you know, there's always different paces. There's always different um, uh, ability levels from, you know, in cycling, they, they, they have letters like A plus through C or B um, uh, for, for speeds. And so that there's, you know, there are beginner rides that you can jump into and then there are um you know some more uh, uh advanced or faster rides if you are looking for that too so um so like you said jumping into onto facebook on social media searching for groups like that um and then um and then just being brave enough to go go jump in with them because i'm i'm you know you're, you're extroverted i'm i'm i am extroverted when i need to be but i'm i definitely lean more introverted and um so it, it takes a lot for me to to not feel yeah. anxious to, to jump into some of these relationships and, and, and these communities. But again, uh, finding the community that you feel comfortable in is, you know, once you find that it's awesome, but it sometimes it takes some trial and error to get there. And, and that becomes part of our journey. You know, um, my, my wife is an introvert. And so I know that she needs time to herself to sort of recoup her batteries. And so if, if, if she, and, and I try not to push like going out and, and hanging out with people a whole lot just because I know it takes a lot out of her. And we all find our our balances and what we and what we do. I mean, like you said, like local shops. I mean, that's where I got my start in Richmond. I just went to the local running store. Um, and when I lived in D.C., like I went to the um, uh, I went to the bike shop that was about, you know, 20 minutes up in Bethesda, Maryland. Uh, from my apartment. And, and I just found a, a group of folks there to hang out and talk with. And, and, you know, we would sometimes go on cycling trips just on the outskirts of the city and, and things like that. You know, those local places, they are great places for community to form and, and be there and to really begin to form around us. But, but I mean, you raise a good point in establishing, you know, not only entering into community means knowing ourselves as much as we are willing to enter into experience with others. You know, one of the things that we make abundantly clear in our run group is there's all paces welcome. Like anybody is welcome to come um, and you just run at your pace and you've got a group to start with. You've got a group to finish with. And, and I've made it, I've made it a point in leading my group. I'm like, I will not leave until the last person is done. Now I paid for it last night. This is a, we're recording this on, on, on December 10th. And on, and last night I was, hanging out at a run club, it was pretty bitterly cold outside and I'm just hanging out waiting for people to finish. And as soon as they were done, I'm like, I gotta go, I gotta get my car and warm up. But uh, everybody else is kind of heading out. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's, and really setting those boundaries. Uh, I know as a leader of a group, I've tried to be very aware of just making sure that we're creating community. And I love communities that do that as well. Uh, so let's, let's uh, wrap up our conversation and jump into these end of podcast questions um, and so, uh, what makes you feel accomplished? Like, what have you done that has made you feel accomplished? Um, uh, so obviously that 200 mile ride that we've been talking about, um, <laughs> I, I think I feel accomplished when I am, I, when I have 
I have found my limit and, and left it all out on the field. You know, like when I have been able to say, I am like completely worn out. I've given everything that I possibly could. And, um, and there it is. And that is what it is. Um, and so I, I can't point to anything like in particular that like, okay, if I do this, like, you know, if I reach this, this mile point, then I feel accomplished or, or I, if I hit this pace and I feel accomplished for me, I feel accomplished when I, um, and have just given it my all and can be satisfied that that is, that is enough, um, today that is enough in this moment. Um, and, and I, I love challenging myself, but, but, uh, I try not to, to attach accomplishment to, um, to things that like on a particular day might not be within my control. Um, mm-hmm. but what I, what I can control is giving it everything I've got at, at, in that moment and doing what I can. So that's where I find accomplishment. Who do you go to when life gets tough? Hmm. So uh, I, I feel like um, the, you know, the, the churchy answer is God, right? That, that, is, mm-hmm. that is obviously for me. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, following, following Jesus, like that is, uh, I, I realize that my strength, that um, joy, peace, all that stuff comes from him. Life, life it, itself is coming from him. So I uh, will turn to him. Um, and then it's, um, you know, from there, it's these people that God has placed in my life, my family, my um, uh, my, some of my cycling buddies who I trust and who, um, who, who, um, kind of have the same, you know, are, are following Jesus as well, who, who I can. So it's, it's, um, uh, I, I'm thankful that I have this community of people who I can turn to when, when things are difficult. And even if it's just for a, Hey man, that sucks. Or, um, Hey, you know, we're here with you. Uh, that reminder is, is amazing. So, um, God first, and then I'm thankful for the people that God has placed in my life that I can, I can trust if that, if that answers the question there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then aside from activity, what are some other ways that you practice self-care? Ooh. So, um, I, I, uh, I love sports. So for me watching football, especially college football and, uh, um, huge, uh, Buffalo Bills fan, uh, the NFL. So like just watching sports, anything competitive, I love watching so that there's some self-care in that. Um, but, um, I think, uh, um, I have to be, um, with my battle with anxiety and depression, I have to be really intentional about my thought life and what I think about myself, what I think about what's happening around me. And so, um, I try to intentionally spend time, um, I don't know if if affirmation's the right word, but just reminding myself, um, whether that's through scripture or, um, through prayer, reminding myself who I am and whose I am at all times. Mm-hmm. And so self-care for me um, uh, is is less sometimes about um, it being a passive thing, about like letting it, like just kind of doing something else or, or being just letting my mind go. It, it, it's more about like intentionally focusing my mind um, on, um, on, on good things, on, on what God is doing in my life, um, how, you know, he's taking care of me. Um, so, yeah. And again, it returns that idea of self-care back to that understanding of mental health. And, and I think that, you know, even beyond just the active lifestyle, I think of one of the biggest things that we kind of point to on this active faith podcast as a nature of building a theology of self-care is this attention to mental health. Like we need to make sure that we are in a good headspace and what, and, and whatever that means for us, 
uh, sometimes it means battling with, you know, mental health conditions that may affect or impair us and being able to find ways for us to grow, grow within them. You know, I mean, like you said, having anxiety and depression and using sort of good thoughts to help you build through that and, and to get through your day and, and then even mention at the top, the way you use activity to help with your mental health as well. You know, I talked about in the first episode, the way in which I use running as a, as a sense of, a, of not of therapy, but as a therapeutic to help me in, in my own fight with, with, with anxiety uh, and, and ADHD. And so I think that that's a huge part of not just labeling that um, we need self-care, but to label why we need self-care, right? Because even if we ourselves don't consider ourselves, you know, anxious or depressed or, you know, clinically in those terms, I think the nature of how we live our lives as people of faith or even just in general can lead us down that road of whether it's just self-doubt, whether it is just sort of mental crises, whether it's anything that it's that nature in which something like physical activity can be therapeutic. And then to go that extra step to not just name it that it being therapeutic, but also to name other ways that we can help to build our mental state can be such a crucial part of this conversation. So I want to, I want to thank you so much, Evan, for coming on. Um, Evan did mention that he's a bills fan. So I'm, I'm just going to throw in here at the end that the Pats beat the bills uh, and just that's that slushy Monday night game, man. <laughs> no, that was, that was a, there. that was a, that was a huge, that was a, that was a big game. I just, I don't think there's any way that they will, uh, ever live that game down. That was such a, a, uh, a, a tough fought game. I'm definitely, I'm sure that we'll see y'all again in the playoffs. You lose a game that the quarterback only throws the ball, what, three times? Three times. Two he passes. Was two for three happen? for 19 yards. That was like the great – I woke up the next morning and I had Mac Jones starting in a two-quarterback fantasy league. He was my second quarterback. And I looked and I'm like, there's no way that that is his real stat line. Like, So then I'll find some joy in the fact that you played him and he was not great that <laughs> night. So I will find in my, my bills loss, I will take some joy that you did not do well. And I was, as we close up, going to say how thankful I was to be a part of this and, and how much I appreciate you doing this podcast and, and, and being encouraging like you are and, and just being you, man. And so I am uh, thankful to get to be a small part of of, of this podcast and what you do and how you encourage this community. So I was going to say that I'm going to take that back now because you brought up the Patriots, the Patriots um, and, the, and the bills lost, but I, I am really thankful for you, man. I appreciate what you're doing here and, and for you included you getting the opportunity to be included in this. Um, is yeah. awesome. So thank you. And like I said to our listeners, you know, I just hope to provide a platform for us to share stories and for all of us to gain encouragement from these. And so hopefully you heard something here that struck a chord um, and and uh, Evan's uh, socials information will be will be in the podcast notes. So feel free to reach out to him or find him in the active Methodist group. Um, but Evan, I want to thank you so much for coming on. You have a good day. You too, man. Thank you. 
What a great conversation we were able to have with Evan there. As, as we unpack the idea of community, I continue to think about those ways that we build each other up and that you find and surround yourselves with community. You know, like those trust circles, have those people who you can have those deep and hard conversations with. Have those people who you can go to who can help you along this journey. And even just, just have those people who, or those groups where you're just looking for a, a, a good job or, a, or a, a thumbs up or a like or a kudos or whatever it is if you need that encouragement find it because that's going to be what is going to help drive us for a lot of us you know that why is the community and those people who gather around us and so if you would like to join our community we are over on facebook at active methodist we there's a link in the podcast notes uh, if you want to find me and find encouragement i am i love supporting people i love lifting people up and encouraging people on their journeys of an active lifestyle that's why i love to lift up these stories through this podcast medium and so find me on social media uh, i'm on instagram and facebook my links are in the podcast notes and evans are as well for this episode and so i invite you to find us over there as we encourage one another as we support one another and even just to be supportive and encouraging yourself on this journey as we unpack this theology of self-care and we find ways to be active uh, in community with community for community and in all of these ways and I want to thank you for joining us in this conversation. You know, check out those show notes. Join us on those communities. Check us out. And we would be grateful if you would follow or subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. You know, just make sure that when those podcast episodes come out, they're coming right into your feed. You don't have to worry about scrolling or finding them. Find us on your favorite podcast app. We are the Active Faith Podcast. You can message me for that information. And you know what? If you're feeling really generous and want to help us out, uh, then I invite you to go and rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and you can rate and review them. If, if you give us a review, I will read your review here in the outro of our next episode after I read it. And lastly, you know, the easiest way to maybe share it, to do this and to, to, to support this podcast is to share it with others, share it with a friend, invite them to listen uh, and come along for these episodes and these stories so that we can all help to build a theology of self-care, especially a theology of self-care that focuses on this active lifestyle. And so may God bless us, each of us, and may we find ways to stay active in and for God's kingdom. Amen.